Brad Berg with Encompass Purpose here. I wanted to talk today about some things that we haven't talked about in a while. It's acting as God intended. Many churches have stagnated and they let, let's compare it to apples. Many churches started to hoard apples and they keep gathering these apples and put them in a pile. And some are green and some are red. They don't really care about that. What they care about is getting as many apples and stacking them up in a big pile. And then they say, look how great we are. Look how many apples we have. So, to me, apples are nourishment. And you make something out of them. You can improve upon them. And that's what I think churches have forgotten right now. When you get a big pile of apples and you let them sit, over time they're going to rot. Many churches, I think, what they've done is make the best churches that man in the world can make. They kind of lost sight of what God wants. I think we should be living as disciples, living in the way the Word says. Not the way the world says. It's not about money or your house or your car or any of your stuff. For one, it's not yours, it's God's. And it's just stuff. Let's build what God wants. The scripture says, you're the branches and we're the fruit. In John 15, 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And I think we forget about that. We, we start thinking we can do things. So let's be an apple orchard and let God pick us off for his purposes. In Matthew twenty-eight nineteen, it says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Son and the Father and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I've commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the ends of the age. It's pretty clear to me what he wants us to do. And do you notice how it says, I commanded you? Not if you have time or I'm suggesting. It says, I commanded you. Now, in Acts 13.47, it again says, For the Lord has commanded us, saying, I have made you the light of the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the end of the earth. In Romans 10.17 it says, So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. We have to feed ourselves daily. We have to feed ourselves the word daily. And we have to grow in our relationship with God, the Holy Spirit, and Jesus daily. We're too busy with ourselves in the world. We make time for God's given us, but not God himself. We spend hours on Facebook and television and gaming and fishing, maybe hunting or shopping, but we don't have time for God. In Luke 9.23 it says, Then he said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. God created us. Without God, nothing would exist. We need to rethink our priorities. We need to stop thinking about ourselves and what I want and what I need. A true Christian is to give yourself up for God. It's what God wants and what God needs. 
Mark 8.35 says, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up the cross and follow me. Forget about the nice house. As an adult, Jesus never even had a house. We're worried about a comfortable bed and pillow. It says that they laid their heads on a rock. He went without and was tortured and killed so that we can have everlasting life. Think about that for a second. God is God. Everything good is God. The more we have a relationship with the Trinity, the more we feed ourselves to Scripture, the more we deepen our relationship, the clearer it becomes. We evolve and we gain and we have joy. It's very clear. Galatians 5.22 and 24 tells us what he wants. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Doesn't sound much like what you hear when you go and see the smoke and lights and bands at the churches nowadays. Do you see how many times it says, crucified to yourself? It says that quite a bit. You live for Christ. You're dead to your desires and your passions. You live for Christ. And what a wonderful way to live. People give God a solid half hour, maybe an hour on Sunday. And that's if they don't get a text or a Facebook message. And people live in the world 167 hours a week. It's not just about the hour of being fed. It's learning and growing in the relationship of God and feeding others. He does not want us for an hour. He wants us all the time. The good news is 167 hours of the world isn't that great unless you're walking in a relationship with the Trinity. The more you grow, the less you care about the world. The more you'll care about everlasting life. I want to share my favorite verse. It's Galatians 2.20. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who lived in me and gave himself for me. How powerful is that? And why would you want to do any less? It's simple. You either live for the world or you're crucified to the world. Imagine how much he loves us, that he created your life knowing that we weren't going to listen. He gave his life. He, he loved you so much. He gave you an instruction guide called the Bible. He gave us the Holy Spirit, joy and peace. He's given us everything. Look in Romans fifteen thirteen. Now, may the God of hope fill you with all the joy and the peace in believing that you may abound hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Paul is pretty clear in writing this, and Paul had a lot of experience with God and the harshness of the world and the Holy Spirit and its power. 
The Holy Spirit has a lot of power. The world does not. Jesus wants us to spend time with us. And if you think about that, the God that created everyone and everything wants to spend time with you. Can you think of anything better? You may not always be happy, but you'll always have joy. You'll no longer be empty, but fulfilled. You'll always have a purpose and a calling. It may be the disciple in your career. It may be at the self-checkout line at Walmart. It might be in a local jail. Maybe it's with a neighbor. Maybe it's a lot of things, but it's there. You can have so much more than what the world offers. Don't waste your short time you have on earth. You might be the only Bible somebody ever gets to hear. Live through Christ, and I'm telling you, I wasted 40 years. Don't do that. I'm not saying be perfect. We're all flawed. But deepen your walk with Him. Accept the Lord in your life, and let Him take over your life. I'm not talking about if you said a prayer. I'm talking about really accepting Him, as He states in Galatians 2.20. In discipling, what can you do? Where can you start? What will you do? I think it's time to get back to God and do more outside of the walls of church and in it. Each one of us has a purpose with God. And we should all try to grow in the Trinity. So how are you going to disciple more? How are you going to deepen your walk with the Trinity? How are you going to die to yourself and live for Christ? What are you going to change? Are you going to disciple more? Read scripture more? Sell off the possessions? Take a step to die to yourself and live for Christ? If there was ever a time in history believers needed to start to practice what they preach, the time is now. Last Thursday, it was, uh, NBC reported that over 50% of Americans no longer consider themselves Christians or religious. Over 50%. That means that 40-some percent are Christians, and out of that, I think the number would be scary how many actually walk with Jesus. That means that over 50% are so confused and lost. If you think about it, Atheists say, I know for certain there is no God. They say that infinitely. That makes them a God. So, do they not believe they even exist? Talk about confusion. Another way to think about it as a Christian is they don't believe facts. If we don't believe in atheism, does that mean they don't exist? They, they exist. There's factual proof. They exist. There's factual proof. Jesus walked this earth. So they choose not to believe the facts. They choose ignorance over truth. Talk about confusion. People are easily steered away from words. They can't be convinced by words. They're drawn in by action. The issue is contemporary Christianity has twisted the scriptures to cater to our needs and our wants. It's almost like they think God's a genie. 
and our needs are what's important. We need to be living for him. We need action. Even Jesus instructed the people by saying in John 10.37 and 10.38, Do not believe in me unless I do the works of my Father. But if I do them, even though you do not believe, believe in the works, that you may know and understand that the Father is in me, as I am in him. Jesus knew people are not easily persuaded by words. In the same way, our faith has no impact unless it's accompanied by actions. The way you live, the way you talk, the way you believe. Our actions are a result of faith. When God created man in the garden, he was dead until God breathed into him. James 2.26 says, As a body without a spirit is dead, so is faith without deeds. We have let fear and laziness discount this. Let's practice what we preach. We hide behind grace. And thank goodness we have grace. Because I know I fail daily. But we also have commands. And we've twisted the scripture in such a way to suit our needs. You see, God's bringing my attention a lot lately. He cares about what we do. He cares about how we do it. And I found that God's word has so much about taking action. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it's a sin for them. James 4.17 Words are not actions. Intentions are not actions. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 4.13 What's more inspiring than that? And it kind of takes away all them excuses, doesn't it? Let's jumpstart ourselves, everyone listening, for our God. Scripture tells us in James one twenty three and 25, Anyone who listens to the word and does not do what it says is like someone who looks at, in the, at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Let's bear fruit in our lives. Let's work for Christ's kingdom. James 1.22 Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. And that pretty much sums it up. Faith is dead without actions. For instance, when somebody takes a step of faith, they want to be born again. The constant fight in our mind goes back and forth. Do we do it? Do we don't? It's proof when somebody has faith, when they go and take an action, when they come to the altar, when they accept the Lord in their heart, when they say a prayer, they're all actions. When they devote their life and change the way they live, that's another action. And that's where contemporary Christianity has failed. We do not get saved by saying we're saved. We get saved by taking God into our heart and applying them principles. His commands. God's word in our lives and act on them. In other words, let's live out what we preach. If you ignore what you don't feel like doing, if you ignore what the scripture says, that's an act against God. 
What did God do in Scripture? Think about Adam and Moses and Abraham, Peter, John, Paul, many others. He had them act. How about David and Goliath? Imagine if David didn't act. How about Moses at the Red Sea? If Moses said, I'm old and I'm tired and I have this staff, I guess this is it, guys. Sorry. Imagine that. Imagine if Jesus said, well, I intended to go down there, but they were such a mess. Matthew 7, 24 says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built a house on a rock. He wants us to spread the word. He wants us to act properly. He wants us to follow his commands. He wants us to act for the kingdom of God. But we make excuses because it's easier and it's comfortable. Is your stuff and your money or being inconvenienced worth your soul? If you're waiting for God to use you, know God's waiting for you for what he's placed inside of you. In Psalms 119.60, I'll hasten and not delay to obey your commands. So why don't we? We got excuses. I can't at work. I wish I had more time. I don't want to, or they don't want to hear it. I worked hard for my stuff. I'm not going to give away my stuff or my money. There's a million excuses. When we're standing in front of Jesus and he says, "Did you? why didn't you disciple the Frank at work? You say, oh, it's frowned upon at work. Do you think Jesus is going to say, oh, okay, I didn't think of that. Proverbs 6.4, allow no sleep to your eyes, no slumber to your eyelids. He not only wants us to act, he wants us to act right now. In Matthew 7.21, not everyone that calls me Lord, Lord will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only one who does that will of my Father who is in heaven. We can't bring about change in our community by talking about it. Only by our lifestyle and portraying it. What we say, what we believe, that's going to change people. Colossians 3.17 Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts to higher things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died to your life and is now hidden in Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you'll also appear with him in glory. We cannot talk about love. We have to show love, show our actions. In the same manner, our faith must be manifested outwardly. If you prophesy, teach, speak words of wisdom, operate your gifting. You need to put your faith into action. You need to open your mouth and speak what God has placed in your heart. Romans 12.6 We have different gifts according to grace. Given to each other, given to us. Whatever it is, start doing it today. Imagine if Jesus was sitting right next to you right now. You leave and get in your car and bam, he's there. Sitting in the passenger seat. 
You get home, sit on the couch, and there he is again. You go to work, and there he is. How would you act then? Would you disciple then? Would you die to yourself then? Would you sell your possessions like he's told us then? Would you give to the poor then? He is right there. We often ignore him because it's not convenient. He sees and hears everything. He knows what's in your heart. He knows that you know you should what you should be doing. Let's pick up the cross and die to ourselves and live out them commands. Think about your life and how great it would be if you keep your eyes directed on him. When we come back, I'm going to be talking about some of the stuff we have coming up at Encompass Purpose and for the Lake of the Ozarks community. First, we've talked about it a little bit before, but Pavilion Place has openings right now for sober living. And it is a great place because we do more than sober living. What we're doing is life skills, career skills, coping skills. We keep people involved to make sure their new path, their new life is upward and onward. We have a Empower Your Team on March 6th. And it's all about retention of your employees recruiting employees, keeping them, keeping them happy, and in turn, the increased production helps with your bottom line. So we're pretty excited about that. If you need more information on either of them, just give a call to 573-286-5625 or at EncompassPurpose.com. We also have the Employee Wellbeing Programs. And they're going off terrific, and we're really happy about that. It's hard to explain in a quick second, but if you need more information, feel free to call. We also want to announce that I'll be doing a fourth book here. The publisher called me three different times before I agreed to it, but I'm going to be doing it, so that'll be good. Also, Encompass Purpose has changed some stuff with their coaching where we're doing intake And then after the session, questionnaires. And so far, we have had 100% happiness, 100% growth. So we're really happy about that with 30 new clients coming on just this January. It's been a terrific thing. I look forward to all we have going. And if you have any questions about Encompass Purpose, again, feel free to call. 573-286-5625 or email at encompasspurpose at gmail.com and of course you can always look us up on Facebook or encompasspurpose.com Thanks again. I look forward to talking to you next time.